worship um, all together, and we give God all of the glory and all of the praise for that. I heard really good uh, reports. Just want to remind you that this week, hopefully Monday, Tuesday, uh, you will be receiving uh, everything that we saw uh, by way of our, our presentation. Uh, you'll be receiving that directly just for your own personal use, for a view. Um, in, the, in the interim period, I am asking and we as leaders are asking together as a body to please commit to pray specifically for the vision that God has given to us. Uh, we have a lot of work. We have a lot of work that needs to be accomplished um, I don't know if you have looked left or right, but we live in a community um, that is depressed, that is in darkness, uh, that faces discouragement, that is diseased um, with sin. And praise God, there's local churches and there are other ones alongside of big ones that are rooted and resting in the gospel. And we have that as a foundation to launch into the community, an amazing, beautiful place that God has called us to live. Um, but there is great weight and great responsibility. I love this text. Um, there's a lot to it. It's a brief text. Um, I was thinking, why, why is it that when we gather on a Sunday morning, why don't we like watch movies once in a while? You know, wouldn't it be nice to get a break? Uh, what, why is it that when we gather on a Sunday morning like this, that we don't break into little pockets of, of small groups. Why? Why is it that it's always like this form, this fashion? You're staring, looking at one ugly guy every Sunday. Why? Why is that? You have the words I gave to you in your bulletin in Romans chapter 10. It says, "Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." There is something unique. Um, when, when this setting um, is before us, the word is opened and God has called someone to teach and preach from it. It's not my words. What I touch, I mess up, okay? Um, so, so there is something that is unique that has to happen by way of the design that God has ordained um, with the local church. And so that's why this subject, learning to listen, is so important this morning. Learning to listen is so important this morning. Would you bow your heads and pray with me as we seek, as I seek uh, God's help um, as we learn from his word this morning. Let's pray. Father, we come. We come into your presence as one, brothers and sisters, and we call you our Father. And we rejoice. We rejoice that we have access to you and all of your might and power and your sovereign grace through the work of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior, the only Messiah. We are grateful for the sacrifice that he paid for our sins, that we deserve that death. And God, you loved us enough to offer Jesus, and we praise your name, we glorify your name, we lift up your name. Father, we thank you for your word that is perfect, perfect and precious. Father, I would ask right now that you would give us ears to hear. That is our prayer, our, our plea this morning. I pray for every single person as they receive 
And as they hear, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would do an amazing work, that, that when we walk out of this room in just a few moments, that we, we all would know that we heard from you. Father, I pray for my dear brothers in this community that are preaching the gospel, other pastors, Lord. I, I love them. I love spending time with them. I, I pray, Lord, that you would empower them and equip them so that together uh, we have a bright beacon, a bright shining torch of truth. And that Lock Haven will be transformed by the gospel. God, please guard my lips, my mind. Uh, at this very moment, we ask this in the strong and powerful name of our, G- of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. And amen. <clears throat> okay, it's been a couple weeks since we were in the Gospel of Mark. Mark for a mission, I call it. If you recall, um, of the four Gospels, uh, Mark moves what I call light and fast. Okay? Uh, not a lot of details. He just, he just shoots straight. Uh, we, last time we were together, were introduced that Jesus, who is the master communicator, uses a, a type of, of, of language to communicate clearly. It's referred to as a parable. Okay, what a parable is, think of it as a mirror. It helps us see ourselves, our own, our, our own heart, our soul, our own life, in light of or in view of the kingdom of God. Um, we talked last time we were together about the parable of the seed and, and the sower and the four different types of soil. And it's very interesting as we go back, we don't have the time, but twice in, in the text that we looked at previously in verse 3 and in verse 9, Jesus makes almost the exact same comment and he's drawing listeners' attention to listen. He says this in verse 3. You can look at the, the, the word, listen to me. Listen, and there's an exclamation point. You better get this. In verse 9, he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is repeating himself. When he's repeating himself, we better pay attention to what he has to say. Now, in that parable, we saw if the seed is the word and the soil is, is our soul, we learn that there's, there's different responses. Some people choose to hear the word of God. Others refuse to hear the Word of God. What we need to understand throughout the teaching and the preaching of Scripture is that we need to hear. We must hear. As much as you need air okay, in your lungs to breathe, to continue to take another step, okay, as much as you need food and water, the basic sustenance of life, you need to hear the words of God. Now, thankfully, we know that when we accept the truth of the gospel, what is the gospel? The good news of Jesus Christ. There is what? A holy, infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing God who created everything, everything, ex nihilo, out of nothing. At the very peak of all of His creation, He created what? Mankind. He created you. And me, Adam and Eve. We know in Genesis chapter 3 that Adam and Eve what fell into sin. They disobeyed God. As a result of man's sinfulness and God's holiness, there is this great distance, this great chasm that can only, only be brought together through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ that paid the price for that sin. 
when we acknowledge and accept the truth, when we hear the truth of the gospel, the Holy Spirit does something amazing. The Holy Spirit gives us the means and the ability to hear. An indication of salvation is that the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to hear His Word. And what happens is this. You want more of it. Matter of fact, most of you who were here last week come back this week. Why? I, I need to hear more of it. We, we desire to, to, to read it more, to, to study it more, to learn more. We begin to come to a place when the Holy Spirit works in our lives that we actually hunger for the Word of God. I want this. My day, it's not complete without this. And we thirst for that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Jesus is teaching a lesson on the importance of how we need to learn how to listen. We have another parable before us today that reinforces the same idea and actually expands upon it. Here's our text. It's a a brief one. Um, The Gospel of Mark in chapter 4, verse 21. And I'll read down through verse 25. Okay. And he said... To them, Jesus said to them, Jesus is teaching a large crowd that gathered. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Question mark. For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Nor is anything secret except it, except it come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Jesus begins with a question. It's pretty obvious with the note of a question mark. Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Now, you could almost see the crowd of people that are there. As Jesus asked this question, you can almost see them beginning to smile. Finally, they understand something that Jesus is telling them. It's it's pretty obvious. Everyone knows this. Everyone knows this. A light has one purpose. A light, what? It brightens and it illuminates that which is in darkness. So as Jesus is asking this question, finally, Finally, it's like, oh, one plus one is equal to. I get it. I finally get it. You know, how you, you know how you feel when someone asks you a question and you know the answer. Remember the, remember the first question on your SATs when you took your SATs? Usually it's the first question. We all, we all have that figured out. I remember it very clearly. You know, it's, we're high school seniors, and, 
and, and we're supposed to be with three or four guys, and, and we're studying late into the night, which is the idea we're supposed to be studying late into the night. We're really up just till 2 or 3 o'clock talking. Now, I remember, and I walked into Dalhousie University, and there's hundreds of other students, and you get the instructions, and you tear the little thing off. It's all like, this is really important. This is where real life begins from this moment. And you open it up, and you bend it over, and it begins, okay? If Hal is walking four miles per hour, why they're always named Hal, I don't really know. Then, then how far did Hal walk in 45 minutes? <laughs> you got this one. This is what everyone knows. Hal's walked three miles. D, and we color in D, three. And you kind of pause on that, and you look around and say, this is it. This is where life begins. I'm getting this. And then it, it then what? Question two, it just kind of goes down from there. We know it. This, the, the listeners heard, and they got it at first. We know that darkness disappears when there is light. This question is so obvious, it doesn't even need to be answered. There's really not a response to it. It's a rhetorical question. A, a simple, basic truism. Do you buy a lamp and never plug it in? Do, do, do you buy a flashlight and never put the batteries in it? Do, do, do you buy food and not eat it? Do you buy clothes and not wear it? No, no. The, the, the basic principle applies. If you have a light a lamp, you are to let it shine. Now this word lamp very specifically in this particular culture is referring to a, it'd be a, a, a terracotta lamp, a little clay saucer maybe with a handle on it or a little clay pitcher with a, a handle on it. And you'd fill it with oil, and you'd float a little wick in it, and you'd light the wick. And you'd probably put it on a table, or a lampstand, or maybe on a shelf on the wall. And it would brighten or illuminate the entire room. Would you really take a, a basket, a bushel, in, in, in first century, they would have a bushel in the kitchen that you would keep your grain in it to make bread? Would you take all of the grain and, and, and dump it out of the bushel, the basket, and put it over the light? Uh, no. Who would ever do something like that? It has one purpose. Would you put it under a bed? No. The implication here is this. If you have been given a light, you are to let the light shine. It's what, it, what, what it's made for. It's what it does. What, what is the lamp? What is the light? It is a metaphor. Just like the seed is the Word. Remember a couple, couple parables ago? The seed is the Word. The lamp is also the full Word of God. It is the full truth of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And we see this emphasized repeatedly through Scripture. Psalm in 119, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I, I want you to see this yourself. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 
2 Corinthians in chapter 4. I want you to see what it says in, in verses 4, 5, and 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let's light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We are to let the light of the gospel shine. You cannot call yourself a follower of Christ. You cannot have the the word, the truth of the gospel in you. You cannot have that light covered up or hidden. It, It virtually, it does not, it cannot happen. We, we, we get that. We are given the light of the gospel. Don't hide it. Let it shine. And then Jesus continues on in this text and he makes these statements. Listen very carefully. Nothing is hidden except can be made manifest. Not is anything secret except they come to light. And then, and then Jesus repeats the exact same words that he repeated earlier in chapter 4. He says what? If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay, we, we get this. And then he adds, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you and still more added to you. For the one who has, more will be given. The one who has not, even what he has will be taken. And we say, okay, I'm, I'm kind of confused by that. Understand that. But measures, and we're back to getting, and we're, we're, we're back to taking, and we say, we had the first parts. What is Jesus talking about? Here we go. Just think about big, big context, big picture. If the seed is sown on good soil, just like shine, shiny, letting are directly connected to a larger truth. Seed and soil, light and shining, they're both actually connected to one idea that, that Jesus wants something more than one time in order to get it. Some, some is actually the larger portion. Some say 23 to 34, back it up to 21 to 34. Some commentators actually think that, that Mark, as he was writing, that this conglomeration of verses is kind of mismatched parables. And some have actually said that Mark probably wasn't fully paying attention to what he was hearing, and he was taking what we would call bad notes. Some have actually, I, 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 I don't believe that, for a bit. Okay, just because you read something in common com- commentary doesn't mean it's gospel. So you're telling me that the Holy Spirit who inspired Mark to write these exact words, he kind of missed some things? He was taking bad notes? I-, I believe the Holy Spirit led Mark to write these verses with what? Crystal clear intention telling us and teaching us what? How? He's teaching us, he's telling us how we are to listen to the Word and we listen obediently. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. Um, on, on, On any occasion... I remember when our kids were little, and if I had to go away for, for just the evening to a meeting, 
And I would tell Seth and Sarah, when Dad's gone, you listen to your mother for a couple days on the road. And I would say, you listen to your mother. And they're like, okay, we listen. Does that mean that they just listen and do whatever they want? No. No. No, it means you listen to your mother and you do exactly what your mother tells you to do. That's the idea that's, 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 that's being communicated. When Jesus makes this statement, he uses this phrase, if anyone has ears, you're like, well, we all have ears. He, he's, not, he's not referring to a physical... Okay, that if you just stare at someone's ears, they're just weird looking. He's not referring to a physical ear. Instead, he's speaking specifically and directly to what? To believers. If you have an ear, in this reference, there's a large crowd. In the large crowd, there were some followers of Jesus. And it was the Holy Spirit who gave people ears. Not not the physical... When you have ears, you have the ability to hear. Believers, Christians, followers of Jesus, have in a sense the ministry of the Holy Spirit that give them the ability to hear clearly and ultimately listen obediently and responsibly. Now the lesson is what? You... Just what Jesus is communicating, you who have ears, you whom the Holy Spirit has given you the ability to hear, you will be held responsible with what you hear. There's the driving theme throughout the entire uh, parable this morning, the text. You are going to be responsible for what you hear. Why? Think about this. The day is going to come. There will be a specific time when all will be known. Look at this phrase. Look look at this. It says, nothing is hidden. All the things right now that you do silently in the dark, in crevices and in corners and in secret, that you don't want anyone, look what it says. Nothing is hidden. Look what it says. Not is anything secret. You have secrets. You don't want anyone to know certain things. According to what it says here, what? Everything, everything, everything is brought into the light. Staggering, staggering thought, terrifying thoughts, but an immensely important thoughts. If you listen in a lecture, you're, you're, you're listening to a message and you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Some of you nod and, and you say, yep, I got it. That's one thing. Now, now if, if someone's lecturing and they, they lead with these words, this is going to be on the test. Oh. It's a whole different game. You understand that? We're just listening to a lecture. Uh-huh. This is, and we're kind of eating the popcorn, proverbial, okay? Okay, yep, I got it. But then it's totally different when the one who is speaking says this, this, 
is going to be on the test that's coming up next week. And, and we, we, we downshift into a whole different gear. We, something happens where we're like, now we must. Huge difference. You and I are to listen knowing full well that one day there will be a test. The process that you are presently on, the process of sanctification that you are on, will what? Will be fulfilled, in a sense, gives way to the moment of glorification. And everything is known. Could, could I ask you this question? How, how do you hear? How do you hear? Could, could I ask you this? How should you hear? Or I could ask you, how will you hear? It says we are to pay attention to what you hear with the measure you use it. Well, what is this? The term, the term measure here is the attitude by which you are receiving the words. With the measure, the attitude. If you receive it, what? Joyfully. If you come busting into church, I can't wait to hear what God has to tell me through His Word this morning. If you, if you listen readily, if you receive it and accept it, obeying it, I desire to be obedient. It's not what, Dad's going to be gone. You listen to what you hear. No, it's you listen and you do exactly what your mom tells you. It, it, it's that way. If you listen, this attitude of receiving it with just delight and joy, look what it says. It says, still more will be added to you, which means what? That there, that, that there is value and weight and there is riches that exist in the Word of God. And it multiplies again and again, over and over, so that what? The more you hear, the more you want to hear. And you get more and you get more. There's greater understanding. There's greater knowledge that is received. There's greater wisdom. There's greater blessing. The kingdom of God is expanded from what it presently is to what it will be one day. And that thought just, just blows us away. The whole point of this parable in closing is, is the contrast between the, the present concealments of the kingdom of God. When Jesus is ministering in the present concealment to the point that one day there is what? There is a future manifestation of the full glory of God on display. Jesus is king. And at this moment in Mark 4, what? There is the concealment of the king. But just like a light brought into a house, and guess what? It's going to illuminate. It's going to shine. Jesus will shine in the whole world. Now we talk about the darkness of our community. We talk about the darkness of our country. We talk about the darkness of the whole world. Do, do you realize that the day is coming that Jesus will shine? That is why Jesus stresses the importance of how what we hear this word. Of how, how you and I receive. So we do not fail to hear. 
Because if we, if we fail to hear, if we forget to listen, we fail in our understanding of the kingdom of God, and we miss out the blessing and, and the appreciation, the full appreciation, full understanding of who Jesus is. Hear this and be obedient. Be responsible with the full truth, the essence and the extent of the gospel. I want to close by reading a couple of verses. And I, and, I, and I so delight. I so delight in this moment. I, I look forward. I go to, to sleep at times and I dream of this moment, the full glory of Jesus on display. It says in in Revelation in chapter 1, it says in verse 22, "And And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. Look at what it says in verse 23 of Revelation 21. And the city has no need of sun, or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light. And its lamp is the Lamb. And its, its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day. And there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And so, friends, I plead with you that as you hear, that you understand responsibility that you have to be obedient to put your full trust your full self I've had conversations with people really not that long ago that said I'd like to have a little bit of church I like some of what you guys have one person actually told me I'd like to have a little bit of God it, it, it doesn't work like that it's all. We, we have this morning the opportunity to, to, to commemorate and to celebrate what Jesus Christ did for us. We know that, that God offered His own Son and, and Jesus didn't give to us some of Himself. He gave to us all. And we have this, this amazing opportunity through the community table the sacraments, the sign of the promise that is given to us through what? The, the, the two portraits of God's love for us with the body and the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. Now it says that we are to regularly remember, it says until the Lord comes again, until that moment that we, we, we just read about, that we have the full glory of God on display. Until then, we're to remember what Jesus Christ has done. Jesus Christ sat in the upper room the night that He was betrayed, right before He was arrested and tried and crucified. He sat in the upper room with those disciples, and, and when they finished their meal, he, he took some bread. It was unleavened bread, and, 
And, and he, he showed it to the disciples, those, those men that were sitting closest. And he broke the bread. And as he broke the bread, he actually he said that this, this is a picture of my body. This is what's going to happen to my body. My body is going to be broken for you. Don't, don't ever forget what Jesus Christ has done. The, the price that was paid. Jesus, after it says he, he took the bread and broke it, that he took the cup and he poured it out. And as he poured it, he said, This, the fruit of this vine is a picture of my blood. Blood is what has life. If we have no blood, we have no life. Jesus pours out his own blood, he gives his life so that his blood will wash and cleanse. All of the darkness, all of the grossness, all of the blackness, all of the sinfulness of our lives. That Jesus offers His own life to wash away, to forgive and to cleanse. Some faiths believe, some, some religions would teach that this actually is the body and the bloods. We, we don't see that anywhere in Scripture. It's a picture, it's a type, it's a symbol. It points us to what Jesus Christ has done. Don't forget that. Now, let, me, let me just remind you that if you are here this morning and you're not a, a member of Big Woods Bible Church, if you're not a member of Big Woods Bible Church, but you have accepted the, the full extent of the gospel, that you've received Jesus as your Savior, that you desire to follow Him as Lord of your life, okay, then you, you are part of the family of God. I, I invite you and you are welcome to this. Okay, um, But if you are here this morning and you have not made that decision, you have not recognized that, that the, the bread and the cup are a picture of the body and the blood of Jesus that was sacrificed on your behalf and you have not acknowledged that, you, you don't believe, or you have not come to a place of following Jesus as Lord and Savior, then I don't want to be rude but I would ask you very politely, please don't take this when this is served to you. It would be meaningless. But, but, but the Scripture says that today is a day of salvation. That when you hear the Word, the Holy Spirit can use that to say, yes, I want that. I, I know that I need my sins forgiven. And I want to follow Jesus as Lord because I know that He alone the only one that saves, then, then, then by all means, make that decision. Follow Him and follow Him today and receive this for the first time with joy and gladness. If you have questions of, about the message, if you have questions about communion and, and we've not, you don't feel it's been clearly or carefully explained to you and you want to talk with me, by all means, I'll be up front afterwards. Any one of the elders, Pastor Josh is here, Pastor Aaron is here, talk with us and we can explain with you or meet with you and pray with you so you understand what this is all about. There's an amazing gift that is given. The life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we celebrate what He has done through the communion table. At this time, I'm going to invite the elders to come up and they're going to serve you. They're going to serve you the bread first. Okay? And then we'll gather together. We'll, we'll pray and ask God's blessing on both the bread and the cup. And then they'll serve you the cup after that.
our heads and pray with me. Father, as we are bound in your presence as a sign showing our submission to your authority, we thank you. We thank you for your love that was shown by the offering of of your Son. We thank you, Lord, for your words, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the time to be together, to sing and to lift our voices and hands acknowledgement of your goodness and grace. We thank you, Lord, for this picture that is given right now uh, of the body and the blood of Jesus, the bread and the cup. And we, we rejoice in what it means as an offering of sacrifice on our behalf. Father, we ask, Lord, that this would be a renewed reminder, knowing that one day we will stand before you held accountable and responsible for your word. As we taste this, may it may it linger and drive us to obedience and submission. We love you. We ask for your blessing upon each person and upon this bread and cup. In your name we pray. Amen. It says that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. For you. Do this in remembrance of me.
says in the same way also he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me While that taste lingers, we will sing of God's goodness.